0: Welcome to the Wisdom of the Womb podcast, your home for mind, body, and soul wellness for women. My name is Stephanie Adler. I'm a certified nutrition consultant, birth doula, and women's hormone and fertility expert. I've supported hundreds of women in having healthy cycles, healthy babies, and building a balanced foundation in their bodies and minds to set them up for a limitless life. Now it's your turn. I believe a woman reaches her full potential when she trusts the innate wisdom of her body, and that those women change the world. So if you're wanting to achieve hormone harmony, have boundless energy, optimize your fertility, live a holistically healthy life, and learn how to love and trust your body to become the well woman you know you are meant to be, you're in the right place. Join me for weekly wisdom on topics such as holistic hormone and gut health, fertility, mindfulness, birth, pregnancy, and beyond, and leave with actionable steps towards well womanhood. Thanks for pressing play today. I'm so excited for the magic we're going to create together. Let's dive in. Hello, podcast family. It feels really, really, really good to be back after a bit of a hiatus. The past several months have been a absolute beautiful whirlwind. I've been working with a select few private clients. They're all doing amazing. And it's so fun to be tapping into my work in that way. Additionally, I've been supporting the Wellwoman Collective since Ohio was five weeks old, and it just wrapped up a couple weeks ago. And I am in so much awe of these women as we closed this cohort. I mean, it was just so incredible to witness their journeys and to close it out and see how far they've all come and what's coming for them. So many of them are getting ready to have babies or are pregnant or, or I just got a message today from one of the well women being like, I'm ovulating and on track to have a 28 to you know 32 day cycle. And that was huge, right? She wasn't ovulating when she came in. So it's just so exciting. And yeah, I mean, most of my work time in general has been dedicated to clients since they always come first. And admittingly though, that has left a little, very little time for the podcast as OHI has gotten older and more active, but now we're settling into a new routine and we have our amazing au pair and I'm, I'm easing back into things and ready for some wisdom of the womb to blow your mind, coming back with some new hot episodes. So a few housekeeping items before we jump into today's episode we are going to be enrolling again for the Well Woman Collective. The new cohort is in the coming weeks. And the best way to get those early enrollment bonuses and discounts is by signing up for the waitlist. So check the link in the show notes to get on it. There's no commitment to sign up for the program if you get on the waitlist, but you will regret get not being on the waitlist um, with just all of the amazing discounts, bonuses, et cetera, that you get. So I promise it will serve you get on the wait list. And secondly, I am building a new program named TBD, but it's gonna be around biological baby rearing, physiologic, you know, baby- uh, time, right. Just like how, what is natural for our babies? What is natural for us as mamas? And it's really going to help you become the crunchy mom. You want to be everything as far as nutrition, uh, for babies, you know, through first year of life, everything from preconception to first year of life. And it's going to involve infant sleep and just, so much good stuff. So more details will be coming out soon, but also encourage you to get on the wait list to learn more about that. And I will be doing a special offer that will combine the Wild well Woman Collective and Biological Baby Rearing. So if you're like, I don't know which one to choose. They both sound so great. And I think they would both help me so much. They do complement each other. And so there will be an option to do both of those. So check out the show notes for all things Biological Baby Rearing. Again, name, not sure if we're sticking with that. And then the Well Woman Collective. So now that we've got the housekeeping out of the way, let's jump into our topic of the day. Drum roll, please. Caffeine. Now we've talked about caffeine on the podcast before and some of the negative ways it can impact female specific bodies. We've spoken to how caffeine can have blood sugar raising effects the way A woman's body metabolizes caffeine differently and slower and less effectively than men and how that can impact adrenals fertility hormones and so much more but what if you're going to drink it anyways (laughs) or is there a way to drink caffeine where we minimize the harms That can come from drinking caffeine that we've already spoken to on previous podcasts, and maybe maximize stated benefits that we see all over the news, right? The antioxidant benefit, the metabolic benefits, and so on. Well, there is. And so I'm here to spill the tea, pun intended, on how to drink caffeine like a well woman. So caffeine can have therapeutic effects. Some studies suggest it even synergizes with progesterone which is the progestation hormone and is, can even increase its con increase its concentration in the tissues. Okay. And progesterone is a really amazing hormone. It's, um, a healing hormone. It's a youthful hormone. And a lot of women lack having, enough progesterone. Like this is something that is very common. A lot of women lack progesterone, especially in the second half of their cycle. This is oftentimes where we start to see intense PMS. And so if you are a good fit for caffeine, and I'm going to explain more in a second about how to navigate, if you think you're a good fit for caffeine at this season in your life, then it's possible that your coffee could even help you have more progesterone. So, you know, I think it's important that we recognize here that nothing is inherently good or bad right? Sugar is not inherently good, nor is it inherently bad. It's all about how it serves us in a season and how it serves us in our greater goals and how we interact with it. Right. And so caffeine, depending on the body and the time and all of the things, the quality, the type that it's, and you know, that it is, and how that interacts with any given person might not be a great thing, or it could actually be really helpful. So I think it's just important that we always recognize that there is, it's not, you know, black and white. And so um, I'm here today, even though I've previously talked about how caffeine maybe isn't serving your female body to be like, okay, well, here's how it maybe could serve your female body. And so we can really start to play with the duality that nothing is inherently charged, good or bad, and how to navigate what works for us at any given time. So with that said, are you a good fit for caffeine right now? Let's talk about it. Depending on the season of life you're in, if you're on a healing journey, and depending on where you are on that healing journey, caffeine even with the modifications that I'm going to say, maybe still is not your friend. And so this is going to be the case. If you're recovering from adrenal fatigue, if you're pregnant, there are mixed thoughts on caffeine and pregnancy. I tend to lean towards the avoiding it or drinking it very lightly, uh, during pregnancy, because I do believe that the fetus picks up on our nervous system and they're so small. And, um, so especially in early pregnancy, just, that that, that's my personal viewpoint, you know, different people have different opinions about caffeine during pregnancy. Um, or if you're in the beginning or the middle of a gut healing protocol, it may still be best to abstain for now and work with adaptogens or non-caffeinated herbs. Also, if you notice that you don't feel well with caffeine, let's take a little look at your health history. If you have a history of being malnourished, either through, you know, a lot of dieting or an eating disorder, or if you have a slowed metabolism and you have been operating at a high stress state and are really burnt out, it's likely that you don't feel super great with caffeine. Um, And because when the body has a history or is currently struggling in those ways, it uses the stress response for survival. And I find that a lot of my clients come to me and are using the stress response for survival all the time. We live in an environment in a society in a world where it's really hard for our system to not be always trying to survive with a constant onslaught of toxins and external stress from work or relationships and, um, internal stress from, you know, imbalance with blood sugar or foods that don't serve us, et cetera. And so if we are already in that stress response for survival state, adding caffeine, which essentially is acting as like an override energy is just going to drive the body into deeper exhaustion. So healing needs to happen before caffeine can be used more effectively before you might be able to get any benefit from caffeine and, you know, not have the harmful effects potentially. So, you know, depending on where you're at in your journey, like a lot of my clients come to me from a place of burnt out adrenal fatigue. They're on it. They need to heal their gut or they're on a gut healing journey. And we're not ready for that caffeine yet, but then the healing happens and then we can start to use it effectively. So if you are in this place where you're like, yes, Stephanie, I am like feeling good and I am ready to incorporate caffeine. I don't feel terrible when I drink it. You know, I, I, I have, I've already done that work to make myself in a really good place. Great. Okay. Um, and just being honest with yourself about where you're at. And just a reminder, if you feel like you are not in a healed place, join our community, join the well woman collective, because this, this, uh, podcast is like how to drink caffeine. Like a well woman is really designed for these women who are now thriving, right. After doing the well woman collective who are, you know, healing themselves from autoimmune disease, who are, totally flipping the switch on their fertil- fertility conversation you know women who are just really healing their bodies from the inside out in a really amazing way and who are ready to use caffeine so um and if you're not there yet let this be a guide for you of like okay great this is how i get there and try these things and see how they feel so anyways i digress so for everyone else right for all of the people who are ready for caffeine what might incorporating caffeine into your life look like so a few things first. Caffeine can come in many forms. Black tea, green tea, matcha and coffee are the sources that I see most of my clients want to use and those are going to be the sources I discuss today. There is no way to use energy drinks in a supportive well woman way. All right? So don't come at me with like how do I drink my monster? There's no such way. So for tea and coffee, organic is not just a buzzword. It really matters. Tea and coffee are heavily sprayed crops, and these pesticides get passed through to your beverage. If you're making your coffee at home, it's really easy to control where you buy your coffee or where you buy your tea from, and then you can ensure that it's organic. Also, if you make your cup of joe at home, you're able to use a reusable cup, a ceramic mug, your stainless steel thermos. But if you order coffee out, unless you're sitting in at the coffee shop, getting it in a ceramic mug or something of the like you're going to get, you know, a to-go cup and that plastic lining on that cup is full of endocrine disrupting toxins that leach into your drink. And some places will allow you to bring a refillable cup though over the past few years with, you know, what that has lessened. Um, so, it's, it can be really, really helpful to make your coffee at home. And another reason or another benefit of making your caffeinated beverage at home is you get to choose the method that it's made. So if you're a tea drinker and not a coffee drinker, one consideration to keep in mind is that almost all tea bags contain microplastics, which are the opposite of helpful for your hormones and your overall health. And so if you're having your Uh tea at home. You can purchase loose leaf tea. A great place I online to do this that I love and get most of my loose leaf tea from is Mountain Rose Herbs. Um, and you can find, or you can find like a tea shop or a lot of health food stores will also sell tea in bulk. And, you know, if you're ordering it out of the house, most of the time that tea is going to be in the microplastic laden bag. We're making loose leaf tea at home or in a teapot. You know, you can either do it in a teapot or um. That's like designed to hold the leaves inside or with a tea ball, which are really, they have some really easy ones, you know, that are stainless steel and you just like scoop the little tea into it and you put it in your cup. Um it's a really great way of keeping microplastics out of your cup and out of your body for coffee. I typically recommend a method of, of making the coffee that is free from plastic. A lot of pour overs tend to contain a plastic funnel or a large coffee pot will have plastic components. You know, if, even if you're getting like a drip coffee at a coffee shop, a lot of times it's in that big metal container, but like full of plastic, like that it's being poured out of. So you have really hot coffee coming out of that plastic spout. So a stainless steel French press is a great option for keeping the plastics out of your coffee. So well, woman gu- caffeine guideline number one is to make it at home. So you have better control of the quality of the ingredients and the potential toxin load. If you are going to get coffee out, try or tea out, try doing a little bit of recon into what coffee shops around you, carry organic coffee or tea options and bring your own cup if planning on ordering to go. So I love a good coffee house vibe. Like I definitely get that. And so um, I'll give the example of when we go to Seattle for the summer for uh, to visit my husband's family. I like, am, I, you know, Google, now I know which coffee shop it is, but I would go and Google and be like, okay, organic coffee. I found a coffee shop that had organic coffee I'll go there and sit there with my book or a journal or something so I can get it in the mug. I might bring my own raw milk with me. Um, That's another thing. Like if you're going out to have your drink, just note that the milks are probably not going to be of the quality that you would be able to get at home as well, which really reaffirms the first guideline of have control of the quality by making it at home. So, but if you're like, I really love the vibe of a coffee shop. Great. Go and have a, go to the coffee shop. See if you can find, you know, an organic coffee shop, see what you can maybe get a fresh espresso so that it's not, you know, done with the, with the drip in a, you know, plastic way and sit there or bring a reusable cup and bring maybe your own raw milk or your own almond milk that doesn't have all of the additives in it. So just really, you know, make sure that you're being mindful about the quality of ingredients, even when it comes to, uh, to coffee. And tea. The second Law Woman guideline when it comes to caffeine is to have your beverage of choice after eating. Coffee or matcha is not breakfast. It's also not serving you as a pre breakfast power up. Having your ca- caffeine after you eat is a critical way to protect your adrenals from the problems that come with drinking caffeine. It also protects your blood sugar. And on that note, whatever you're eating in the morning before you have your caffeinated beverage needs to include protein. I know this is often a big change for a lot of people. Some ideas to make sure that you can, you know, that you can eat before having your coffee include making a bunch of hard boiled eggs and having two or three of those before coffee. Remember though, you know, each egg only has approximately six grams of protein. So, you know, two eggs is not enough protein for you totally in the morning. Um, you could also make breakfast patties, like homemade sausage patties. You could have an egg casserole or make little egg muffins. It's really important to eat though, because when you drink co- coffee or caffeine on an empty stomach, it increases, I'm going to get a little sciencey on you for a second. What it does is it increases the cellular consumption of glucose, which then in turn causes an increase in adrenaline, which is really helpful if you're in an emergency situation, but not that helpful on your average Tuesday morning especially if you're doing it every day. And over time, when you create too much of this adrenaline, you really start to burn out your adrenals and lead to exhaustion, which then internally means that your metabolism, which when we talk about metabolism, I think a lot of people think about just, you know, losing weight, but at its core, your metabolism is about energy creation and utilization will slow down. And so it also will deplete the storage of glycogen, which the liver needs to convert hormones for your thyroid to create energy. So you can see how it's this nasty circle of being low energy all the time, that if you start off really low energy and you're like, okay, well, I need a cup of coffee to wake me up. It's just going to lead to more exhaustion and more exhaustion. And you kind of get into this nasty little spiral. Something else that I just want to name about adrenaline, because I think the body is so wise and the body is so interesting and it The body always wants to protect us. I think that is something we all really need to internalize and say, hey, thank you, body, for trying to protect me. When your body is sending a symptom, when your body is doing something, for the most part, it's doing it because it is trying to protect you from yourself, usually. And so when it comes to adrenaline, it's actually you know, when you create adrenaline all the time and your body's like, Oh my God, I can't keep up with this. It starts to lead to exhaustion, right? Because it it can no longer continue to create that adrenaline. Now to give birth in a natural way, your body needs a lot of adrenaline. It's really critical. And so what we will often see is that women that are really burnt out will have very low libido And we'll have oftentimes issues with fertility. And I deeply think that it is the body's way of trying to protect you from being like, well, how are you? We don't think you're going to be able to give birth, right? So we really want to protect the cycle and eating before we have our caffeinated beverages is how we do that. So if the science behind it lost you a little bit, I'm just going to repeat myself again to drive this point really home, have your coffee or your tea after breakfast, and your whole system is going to thank you. All right. And this is about the time that someone would usually ask me, Well, what about bulletproofing my coffee? Yes, it helps. Yes, I recommend doing it. This could mean adding coconut oil or collagen to your coffee, uh, making sure that there's fat. So, you know, a good uh, source of fat, coconut oil is a great one. Um, MCT oil had its moment. <laughs> That's fine too. Uh, raw milk, raw cream. Almond milk doesn't have a ton of fat, honestly, so it's not going to be super helpful in that case. Um, But even if you're bulletproofing your coffee, it is not a replacement for eating or drinking or sorry, it is not a replacement for eating before drinking that same drink. Okay. So the next tip I'm going to suggest is actually kind of like bulletproofing the coffee, but it's a style of bulletproofing your coffee that you might have not heard of. I got really into Yoki lattes since having Ohai, and I just want to be really clear and honest because I think that it's important that we show this side of motherhood. I, because we hear so much about the opposite, there have been very few mornings or days where I feel like I quote unquote need caffeine, perhaps truly five days in the past eight months. And I deeply thank the universe for this. Also, I give a lot of credit to co-sleeping and really intentional nourishment of myself. And, you know, this is, I do not have a baby that sleeps through the night, not even close, never has. I think maybe he's given me six hours in a row, like three times in eight months. Um, but what we're doing really works in terms of all of us getting a lot of sleep because he goes right back to sleep after nursing. And because I don't have to get out of bed while I nurse him, he falls right back asleep. I fall right back asleep. And so even if he's waking up like seven or eight times, it's not that disruptive to our sleep overall. Um, so anyways, There have not been a ton of times where I feel like I need caffeine. I'm getting a lot of sleep and I'm also really nourishing myself and feel like I have a a good battery of energy. And I also recognize that this is probably like a little bit of luck and divine intervention. So thank you, God. But I was having some fun experimenting with Yoki Coffee. And as someone who used to love coffee, and then I really felt the negative effects of it for many years, I wanted to play with all of the ways to explore using caffeine and figure out what worked for me and how I might pass that data on to clients and the community, that's you. So here came the Yoki Coffee. Most mornings, I don't do this. You know, I would say like maybe like 30% of mornings like actually there's not 10 days a week. I was going to be like 3 days a week I might do this. Um so that's probably closer to 40%. So like 40% of the time I do this. Um and then the rest of the time I'll do like an adaptogenic raw cacao drink or just like a plain Swiss water process decaf um or like a normal cup of coffee with raw milk after I've had, you know, at least the first half of my breakfast or all of my breakfast. But these and and I'll oftentimes make my Yoki coffee with a Swiss water processed decaf, just because I don't feel like I, I want or need the caffeine all the time. Um, but these are super fun. And I felt that my body did process caffeine the best when I had it in this manner. I didn't have the jitters. I didn't feel anxious. It didn't affect me in a negative way. So what is Yoki coffee? A Yoki coffee is essentially making a custard with an egg yolk. Okay, so you take an egg yolk, a raw egg yolk, and you whip it with coconut sugar to protect the beneficial properties that you're going to get from a raw egg yolk. And when it gets mixed with the hot liquid, it protects it as opposed to if it wasn't uh, custarded in this way. I don't know if custarded is a as a word, but um, if it wasn't made into a custard, you're going to lose a little bit of the benefit of the egg yolk. That said. I sometimes will just stick the egg yolk in with my milk when I'm frothing it. Um, I also froth at like 120 ish, 125 degrees so that I'm not pasteurizing my raw milk. Um, so I'm using full fat raw milk. I'm going to, don't worry. I'm going to do a podcast about why raw milk is superior to any other kinds of milks from, for, you know, again, for most people. Um, and I kind of lost my, Okay, so sometimes I will just put the egg yolk in with the, the milk when I froth it if I don't have time to do the yolky coffee. And so I'm losing some of the benefit of the raw egg, but we're still getting you know some benefits like you would get from eating cooked eggs. Um, but in its best form, you would custard it. And it also just makes this like luscious, creamy custard that just makes the most yummy latte. So you take the raw egg yolk, you whip it with coconut sugar, Like I use a little hand mixer until it kind of creates this little custard. It's really luscious. And then I use full fat raw milk and I mix my coffee with a little bit of collagen. And then I put the egg custard on top and then I put the creamed or the frothed milk. So if you don't do dairy of any kind or you don't have access to raw milk, a coconut milk or even a clean almond milk could be a good sub, but this truly is one of the nutritionally most supportive ways to drink coffee. All right? So raw egg yolks in create, contain incredible benefits. All of the nutrients minus just having extra protein are centered in the yolk. And so in just one egg yolk, you can get your approximately 50% of your daily recommended values of B12, about 15% of your daily recommended values for vitamin D and vitamin E, 15% of your daily folate, riboflavin, and 10% of your vitamin A. And, uh, plus, you also get several other minerals like selenium, lutein, and xanthan. And plus, it's an excellent source, couldn't help myself, of choline, uh, which, which is about 250, 215 micrograms, which is a lot of choline. And um, which is so critical for brain health for your developing fetus and baby, and also for adults. But choline is passed through if you're breastfeeding, um, and if if you're wanting to get ready to conceive, it's so helpful. So again, like all of these values, daily recommended values are based on the FDA guidelines and are of course under what I would recommend in terms of the amounts per day from a functional perspective. But still, egg yolks pack a lot of power. They're one of the most perfect foods. So I want to just speak a little bit more to the vitamin A that is in these egg yolks, because vitamin A is so critical for fertility and for women who are in their childbearing years. And it is deeply underrepresented in our diet. Beta carotene is not the same thing as vitamin A. It's very hard to turn beta carotene into vitamin A. You have to have a perfectly functioning thyroid. You have to be over the age of 21. Like there's so many things. Um, And so this is a great way to get vitamin A. Plus you can give it to your husbands too. Sperm seems to increase from the consumption of raw eggs. And so when you custard the yolks, like I mentioned, it really preserves these nutrients from being affected by the heat when it's mixed with hot coffee or hot milk. And additionally, if you're using pasture raised egg yolks, which you should, they're going to be really rich in anti-inflammatory omega threes. So you're really fortifying your coffee with these super egg yolk custards and raw, like it's amazing. And when you fortify your coffee in that way, plus, you know, if you're adding raw milk, again, for me, that completely took away all of the jitters that I was getting from caffeine previously. And also really helped ensure that your blood sugar stays stable and that the energy increase from the caffeine comes more gradually as opposed to like really fast, which feels better on the adrenals. So it's just a yay all around. All right. So well, woman tip number three on how to enjoy caffeine is to supercharge your coffee, either by bulletproofing it or yoking it up or a combination of the two. I'd love to hear how these tips go for you. So always feel free to hit me up on Instagram and share your thoughts and how things are working. I'm sure I'll be posting a little reel with a recipe for a Yoki coffee. I'll often add like cardamom or cinnamon or vanilla. It's been so fun having you know to play around with them. And so don't forget, caffeine is not for everyone all of the time. And it's okay to get curious about your relationship to caffeine and figure out how much and in what way it works for you. To get inside a room with me, getting live guidance based on your body and what's going on in your health, sign up for the wait list for the Well Woman Collective. The link is in the show notes. It's the next step to feeling the best you've ever felt and having so much confidence in knowing how to make educated wellness choices for your body and have a lot of fun doing it. So whatever phase you are in of your pre-healing, healing, or post-healing journey, it is can be a home for you to navigate how to interact with this modern world from a well-woman way. So until next week, love, sending everyone kisses and warmth and peace. Talk soon.